0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Dear friends, this king has a son, a prince, and it's the wedding day for the prince, and the people on the guest list do not come to the wedding. And so the king loses his temper And he sends his servants out to round up strangers from the streets and bring them into the banquet. The people who were invited declined the invitation, so the banquet is opened to the masses. This, of course, is a parable of Jesus, a story told by Jesus to make a point And it comes down to us in two versions. Luke's version, which is my favorite, and Matthew's version, which is today's gospel. I would very much enjoy preaching Luke's version, which is not assigned to the three-year cycle that we use. In Luke's version, the invited people make excuses they are too busy. That seems like a timely message for our world. God is inviting us into something wonderful and great and abundant, but we're all too busy to accept the invitation. That will preach. There's a sermon in that. I also like Luke's version of the parable because the king's men first go out into the city and round up everyone they can find in the city streets, and it's still not enough. A lot of meat has been slaughtered. So in Luke's version of the parable, the king sends his men out a second time, this time into the countryside, to what the King James Version calls the highways and hedges, a happy phrase, the highways and hedges. I picture people hiding in the hedges, and brings them into the banquet. Today's gospel, Matthew's version of the parable, is darker. The king's men are sent out and the invited guests turn them down and then the invited guests murder the king's men. And so the king is enraged, sends an army, and burns their city to the ground. None of that is in Luke. There is violence and murder in Matthew that we do not encounter in Luke. And then, to top it off, Matthew tells us, Matthew, not Luke, tells us about this man who isn't properly dressed for the occasion. And the king explodes again in anger. And that seems odd at best or unfair at worst. I mean, this man was practically kidnapped off of the streets. How can you blame him for not putting on a top hat and coat for the wedding? So unlike Luke's version of this parable, which I'd rather preach on, that's what somebody came out of the first service and said, now tell me one more time which of the two versions you like. (laughs) In this one, there are descriptions of violence and random force and inexplicable justice. We are justice, impenetrable justice. This is characteristic of Matthew's gospel, and it has popped up on past Sundays and will pop up again this fall because we are in Matthew's gospel this year. The bad guys get wiped out, annihilated, or sent to hell at the end of most of the stories. So, for example, last week, Jesus' parable ended this way. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. The one who falls on this stone will be broken into pieces and it will crush anyone on whom it falls. Today, we read, Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. On November 12th, Coming up, the foolish young bridesmaids will say, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. A week later, Sunday before Thanksgiving, as for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the next Sunday, the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend, Christ the King Sunday, ends the church year and ends our journey with Matthew, including these words, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The evangelist Matthew, the writer of the first gospel, presents these words on the lips of Jesus. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells three parables like today's, in which someone or some group is cast into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. That phrase, outer darkness of weeping and gnashing of teeth, occurs nowhere else in the Bible but three times in Matthew. Furthermore, there are about six times in Matthew that Jesus speaks of being thrown into hell fire, whereas that happens once or twice in Mark, once or twice in Luke, not at all in John so whatever you make of it whatever your opinion is the facts are that jesus in matthew's gospel says a lot more about judgment and condemnation and hell than virtually any well than any other gospel writer in fact more than any other new testament writer except the author of revelation matthew emphasizes a day of judgment with very harsh outcomes for the people who failed the test. And in all cases, Matthew presents these teachings and these words as the teachings and words of Jesus himself. So one of the perplexities faced by serious Christians is that the four Gospels present Jesus in different ways. Jesus never wrote down his ideas, or his teachings for us. He never wrote a book or an autobiography or a memoir or a book of his sayings. Jesus told this parable at some point in his own language, and 50 years later, Matthew and Luke, writing in a different language, put this parable into their gospels. Luke put it early in his gospel when Jesus was traveling and teaching in Galilee and was invited to a banquet, Matthew put it late in his gospel with Jesus telling the parable in the temple in the days and hours before his arrest and crucifixion. By the time Matthew and Luke wrote their gospels, that very temple had been destroyed. Perhaps that accounts for some of the dark and violent tone in today's gospel reading. Like I said, Jesus never wrote stuff down for us in his own words. Everything that we have about him, all the words and teachings that we have about him is preserved at a distance in time and language and culture. A lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what Jesus really said. Understandably, people Want to understand? Want to, want to want to figure out what Jesus really said? And the happy people um, treat the problem like a banana. Um, you can you you can peel away the gospel writer and throw it away as trash and keep the edible part. That's Jesus. Jesus is the fruit, and the skin is Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Peel it and toss it and keep the good stuff. That's the way it works for the happy people. For me, it's more like a pumpkin than a banana. It's not very easy to peel. And even when I do manage to take it apart, it's hard for me to know which pieces are the edible pieces and which pieces are the pieces that should be thrown in the trash. But I can tell you with confidence about Matthew, because Matthew and I... Our roommates I've been studying Matthew. I've been living with Matthew a lot for a long time pretty intensively so when I put on my socks in the morning Matthew is there when I get ice cream in the middle of the night Matthew my roommate is there and when we watch the baseball playoffs it's Matthew and me sitting in our boxer shorts drinking beer and watching the baseball game I live with Matthew what I can tell you with confidence is that Matthew presents Jesus as a teacher and that Matthew strongly believes that it is our job to obey his teachings, to follow his teachings as a master. And our job is to not judge anyone else. No other New Testament writer except Matthew contains the parable of the wheat and the weeds, The point of that parable is you can't tell the difference between the wheat and the weeds. And if you try to pull up one, you'll ruin everything. You'll destroy the good along with the bad. Take care of you and let God judge the rest. No other New Testament writer besides Matthew contains the parable of the sheep and the goats. Both groups are surprised. Both groups ask Jesus, When did we see you in need of help? Both of them say that. They're both perplexed. It's a brilliant parable that turns us away from judging and turns us back to our neighbor, to the naked, to the sick, to the prisoners. The architecture of Matthew's gospel assures us that judgment is God's, but more importantly, God's alone. And there is a strong imperative that we quit trying to separate one another into saints and sinners, and instead get on with the business of discipleship. So the wrong lesson to derive from Matthew is that God is going to come and punish all the people that I think deserve punishment. That's the wrong notion. That's a fantasy a lot of us have, but that's the wrong conclusion. Indeed, some of the most dangerous and violent people in the world today are convinced that they are holy and righteous in the eyes of God, and they will blow themselves up or fly airplanes into skyscrapers in order to destroy those that they see as unholy. That is the parable of the wheat and the weeds, the arrogance of human beings trying to carry out Judgment Day, and in the process, destroying both the good and the bad. So as you hear these kinds of phrases this year, with my roommate Matthew. It'll end when we get to Advent. When you hear these phrases, throw them into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Keep in mind, the Jesus of Matthew's gospel intends for us to leave those things in God's hands and concentrate on the work that is in our hands. And according to the Jesus of Matthew's gospel, that work is pretty important. Amen.